the Sports Career Podcast, episode 207. How can sports stories increase the awareness of mental health? Hello Sports Achiever and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Crib Podcast. I'm your host Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who's an expert in a particular field in the sports industry and who can really enhance your self-development in your day-to-day life. Before I talk about this week's special guest, out of interest, have you checked out the Sport Industry Mastermind Group, which is a Facebook group which is all about bringing people together in the sports industry so you can grow a global network. If you haven't, check it out and go to education2sport.com forward slash FB. It'll be great to see you there. There. And I, it's great to hear what you're currently doing in the sports industry too. And I hope this group can support you with regards to your sports career development. Now, with regards to this week's podcast, it's all about mental health, a subject area which I'm really investigating and learning with regards to myself and how it's influencing ourselves and our global society. So this week's special guest is George Mycock who is a mental health consultant and also the founder of MyoMinds, where he really specialises with regards to MyoMinds. It's a platform which really demystifies mental health, which this platform uses storytelling as a way of people can share their experiences with mental health and share it to others in the fitness and sport community. Something that I've been following the, the last like couple of years and I really admire what George has built. So it's such a pleasure to have him as a special guest on the show. And that's when today's episode, we'll be looking at George's sports career journey and looking at how sports stories can really increase the awareness of mental health. George, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast show. Please can you share to the listeners your sports career journey. When did it all start? Okay, um, thank you for having me on the show. Um, my sports career journey is is a strange one. I've kind of gone here, there, and everywhere. Um, I thought I would start with kind of my the opposite of where I was. Um, a few, quite a few years ago, I was at culinary school, which is is very strange. Um, I did a year at culinary school. Um, I kind of quit that after after about a year um, I just didn't quite enjoy it and I kind of moved my way maneuvered my way into Durham University um, and I did the sport and exercise science undergraduate degree there um, I then moved oh well actually when I was working um, in Durham I worked as a PT so I kind of worked in the fitness realm um, I also did uh, sports um strength and conditioning with some of the university's rugby teams um, and also their lacrosse teams. So I kind of worked in sport in that kind of way. Um, After my undergraduate degree, uh, I had some spare time. So I set up my kind of organization company, whatever you want to call it, called MyoMinds, which work in mental health and kind of um, psychology within athletes and the sporting and physical activity background. And I'm sure we'll go more into it later on. Um, 
And also right now I'm just getting to the kind of tailor end of my master's degree in sport and exercise nutrition. So I'm, yeah, kind of all over the place. (laughs) Hey, I find it really interesting. Just going back to when you decided to pivot and do that degree at Durham. And this is just for the listeners listening in because it's really important. I'm using this word quite a lot, pivot. But how important is to do something you enjoy, which then can lead to career opportunities does that make sense because you said you didn't enjoy it i want to know why you didn't enjoy it and what made you do durham and made you do a sports science degree out of interest yeah well for for me um the i've always been quite a creative person and i like the idea of kind of creating and and um and at the same time, I, I've always been, which I'll talk about later on, I'm sure, when I go on to my minds, but I love I love the idea of helping people. And for me, uh, the this culinary side was something that was creative and filled that void, but I just couldn't get that feeling of um, of helping others. And I think, I, I think following the passion of helping others and also being able to be creative, as, as I'm, I've explained earlier, I'm kind of in mental health and in nutrition and everything and being able to to uh, let that part of me kind of thrive um is what drives me to do more and and drives me to to want to succeed and to kind of be be creative and to co- come up with new ideas and new things and i think i think having a having that passion that fire is what makes you strive to do more because it's not it's no longer a job or a or a, like my my mind i don't make any money or anything from it i do it because i love it and because it's what i want to do um and you know if you don't have that passion you're not going to have that feeling and i think that's the best feeling in the world absolutely and you don't get the longevity like we were speaking about this off air when you shared me this idea september last year and and things honestly guys we'll talk in more depth for how you're building the brand of it is really unique i'm seeing the creativity because your color patterns but in a good way like how you manage to use the mind as well and we'll talk about it's more depth it's just i want people to realize that sometimes being creative can create opportunities in whatever vision you have and just going back like really quickly guys we have done the same degree program at durham um really quickly how has that supported you reflecting now from an educational standpoint but also what inspired you to then do a master's uh yeah so i think i think the big thing for my undergraduate degree and a big a big part of it that helped me was the idea of seeing i spoke a lot to my lecturers and and I almost became like friendly with them as often as i could and i think for me um i I think a lot of people, including myself, have this idea in our heads of the kind of us and them, uh, the fact that these like they're almost like they're holy like people, like they're these like better than people, and we and we're we're less than. Um, and you know, I can't I couldn't become that because I haven't got the education. But they, it's speaking to the lecturers and becoming closer with them, and and that was something that was great with the, my lecturers at Durham was that ability to kind of chat. Um, it allowed me to understand that. I am on that same that same playing field, and it it kind of broke down those um, the, that definition of myself that I had that de- definition of you know I can't be more I can't you know the fact that I was speaking to people who are looked at as these better than people or greater people in in the research world um, allowed me to kind of understand you know what like they're they're normal I'm I'm in the same position as them um, and I think that was a huge thing that I took away from. My undergraduate degree was the ability that you know we're all on the same playing field no one's better than or less than 
anyone. I can really connect what you're saying because when I was at Durham, for me going to university was a, a bit of a pinnacle of my career journey because I was, you know, 10 years before people said you wouldn't get to uni, but to go somewhere like Durham, as you know, it's very established. It's, as you say, the academics like Martin Roderick, for example, who's my first ever podcast special guest, to ask him to come on my show for episode one, explaining what a podcast was back in 2015. You think I'm nuts, but you know, people like Martin who are so passionate about football and develop, you know, and his area of expertise, it rubs off onto the students unless, but you've got to be committed. You've got to be asking the right questions. And honestly, you can learn so much while you're there. And just talk about learning so much, because as you know, Durham's one of the only universities and also Cambridge and Oxford that had that collegiate system, right? So you always had things going on. It was up to you to commit yourself. And, you know, like you said, you did a bit of PT, uh, was that with Team Durham, for example, uh, in that well, institute? I did, yeah, so I, the, the S&C sessions yeah. that I did was with Team Durham, yes. Okay, would you uh, mind the, explaining what Team Durham is just for other students around the world to get involved with university, like sporting establishments? That's how you can build the volunteering, get work experience. Do you know where I'm coming from here? Like, this is how you build a network as well if you if you show in, you know, put in the worth, add value. So could you just explain what Team Durham is and what specifically you've done and, and if you can relate it to like a volunteering perspective of how it supported you now out of interest? So t- so Team Durham is is the Durham University's kind of, it's almost like a separate sector. It's not even, it is part of the university, but also not. It's hard to explain. Um, but it's basically, yeah, it's this kind of separate institution um, where it is for the, the Durham University athletes because Durham take their sport so seriously. And um, back, it was in my second year of university. Uh, I wanted, I knew that I wanted to work in some kind of physical activity and sporting kind of realm. Obviously, I was doing that degree um, and I wanted to understand what it was like to work in those kind of different positions. Um, A big thing that I was doing in my first year was I trained a lot of my friends. So I got experience just by kind of, you know, giving my friends workout programs and training in the college gym. As as Ed said, the the universities are split up into colleges. So my college's gym, I used to train some of my friends in there. Me and Ed were actually in the same college. (laughs) Um, Oh, you're in Van Milde. Awesome. Carry on, carry on. That's cool. So, so yeah, so I, I got that experience in my, in my first year, but then in my second year, I wanted to get something with like athletes with like these kind of like higher end athletes. So literally what I did was I originally, I phoned up the, the team Durham's, I, th- I can't remember what it's called, Maiden Castle, Maiden Castle's where all the sports stuff was. Um, so I phoned up there and they said, oh, we're not so sure. Um, and then I just, you know, that kind of that idea I was talking about earlier of that, that definition of you know i'm not good enough being opened up i just decided you know what i have just as much potential as anyone else so i li- I, I genuinely just went down to maiden castle and i sat in the <laughs> this is a crazy weird story but i just sat in the canteen and i looked out for someone who looked like a coach and um i found someone i can't remember exactly who it was but it wasn't the guy i ended up working with but i found someone and i spoke to them and they were like oh you might want to speak to jamie um so he gave me Jamie's email, I think it was. Um, but yeah, then I ended up, I emailed Jamie. I got his number. Then I had a couple phone conversations with him. He invited me down to Maiden Castle. I had like an interview with him where he asked me a couple of questions just to make sure I knew kind of what I was talking about. So that's where my own kind of private research came into play, um, you know, because it was a passionate, a passion of mine. Um, you know, I, I, that's something I'd kind of strongly suggest with people is as much as the uni are going to 
obviously push you around certain realms and because that's what you're going to be examined on and tested on uh, you know if you are passionate about a certain thing delve a little deeper you know that that's where these conversations with your lecturers can come out um if you if you ask them um about a certain subject that they mentioned briefly you can go further but yes that kind of passion of mine helped me develop that that understanding that then he kind of knew that I knew what I was talking about so then I uh, my first session was actually with the first team um, and Durham's Durham's first team are I had like a in England under 21 captain Portuguese international player like uh, all these like amazing athletes and and I can say that I coached them for a brief period of time but I did um, and it's things like that just you know just taking that step and you know I didn't know I was going to get anything out of it um, if anything I thought I'd just they'd say oh you can come watch a training session if you want but I ended up teaching these people stuff so yeah just you know kind of go for it is my best my lesson from that from that lesson of go for it how has that supported you now looking forward of, from a career perspective almost like anything's possible willingness that you put in the research have the interest have the passion yeah well i i've always just been i've always been a trust your gut kind of guy um, I think I think your gut teaches you where to go. Um, you know, I, as much as the culinary school wasn't for me, my gut told me to go there. And that 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 understanding of food and food science that I got from that now helps me with my nutrition master's degree. Um, so I just I'm a big advocate for trusting your gut. I think it. I think I think your gut is is what you truly want before the worries of societal pressures and and people's understandings of what they what you think they'll think of you come into play i think your gut is the real you um so i think i think you know that having making that leap of faith and and it working out was just kind of like a it was almost a cementing that idea of of you know trust my gut and if i want something you know put the work in you know do the revision and the and the reading and understand it and develop my own idea about it um, but trust that, you know, if, if you want it, then you're deserving of it as much as anyone else. Absolutely. And really quickly, would you mind just giving people just a snapshot of your master's? What are you enjoying it? Maybe compared to your undergraduate at Durham, because a lot of people were in this boat of should I do a master's or should I explore the world? But you've done the work experience at Durham. So it's like a double win win, if that makes sense, because some people may just want that work experience. Just reflecting on that, like, where have you seen the level up of your education from doing a master's out of interest? Getting into Loughborough University, um, if people don't know Loughborough, it's kind of like the the it's the it's the number one sports nutrition university in the entire world. Um I like the so I'm very lucky to get into the in there. And again, it kind of promoting that idea of um working that working with people who are seen as kind of these greater minds you know and some of the people that i i work with um at, L at loughborough are like the elite like if you if you quote any sports nutrition um journals or anything their names are there like nine times out of ten um so these are people that i've read all their work and um, so one one thing is you know i think i think i think you're know, getting into getting into universities where you know once you've once you've completed your undergraduate degree you'll have a better understanding of these researchers and things. So meeting them at, at a new university or at the same university and kind of developing an even greater relationship with them and understanding them as people, um, again, can kind of um, evolve that idea of being in the same boat. Um, 
but also just I think a master's degree. I think one of the one of the biggest bonuses of a master's degree is your you're kind of you're encouraged and almost almost forced to develop your own ideas and not just not just work off of what the textbook tells you and what the lecturer has told you in the lecture and just kind of remember it and write it down um a lot of what a master's degree forces you to do is here's the theory what do you think like and so you know a lot of our seminars and stuff um we'll we'll be there with so we have there's a um one of our kind of lecturers is um, Stephen Bailey, who is kind of the like top guy for nitrate nutrition. And um, one of his seminars, will he'll give us 10 questions and he'll say, right, question one is this. What do you guys think? He'll say, right, so an athlete who runs this distance um, is struggling with this. What do you think? And then, you know, he'll have given us the, the questions beforehand and to do our own little bit of reading. And then he'll just kind of, you know, we'll just go off on one. We'll just, we'll just be bouncing ideas. Yeah. Brainstorming. Yeah. Bouncing ideas off each other. And, and nothing develops your understanding and your um, ability to articulate these ideas better than argue, like debating with someone. You know, if someone disagrees with you, you, you have to come up with a reason why that you disagree with them. And, you know, if someone corrects you, you'd remember it because you're like, oh, yes, I remember. I used to think this, but that person told me, no, it's not. It's this. And that's something um, I kind of strive for just in everyday life now as well. I think having a master's degree has taught me that that is so important just in everyday life. I try and have those conversations with people in everything. You know, I work in mental health now and mental health is something that we all have some kind of an understanding over because we've all we've all dealt with it i don't i don't believe there's a person on the planet who hasn't had some kind of issue um so you know being able to have those conversations helps you understand it and i think i think it's important to have those conversations leading on that point with regards to mental health i would say the last three years is you know things are starting to acceptance we say in society what inspired you to do a passion project on mental health that's question number one and question number two how would you define mental health? Good question. I'll go with question one first. Um, question. So for question one, yeah. So what inspired me to do this passion project? What inspired me to do my own minds? Well, my, for me, it's my own personal experience. Um, so I've had mental health issues since I was, I my my mental health story is very long and <laughs> um, kind of winding path as, as a lot of people's are. Um, but I'll kind of give the rough history. I I grew up in a in a very difficult household, um, and a big part of how I dealt with my emotions was that I just kind of turned them off. I just didn't bother with them. I instead what I did was I got into rugby. Um, I was really good at rugby, and I decided instead of having to deal with everything that's going on, I will just play rugby and be a rugby player and define myself as rugby. And that's all I'll ever be. Um, until I was 13 years old when I broke my back. Um, I, it was a, it was, it was technically a, um, a fracture, but, um, the fracture went all the way through. So then it was classed as a break. Um, and yeah, it wasn't fun. Um, I, was lying on my back for about a year. I gained loads of weight. Um, I couldn't play rugby anymore. Um, so yeah, it was horrendous. Um, so then I went back to school. Um, and obviously people noticed I was a bit overweight. Um, I wouldn't, no one kind of bullied me directly, but people did, um, notice and kind of make the occasional 
gesture or like you know point it out um and yeah i i kind of it, it broke me down and um i i hadn't had the opportunity to kind of understand my emotions because i just always kind of masked them with something else um so then i my new definition the new thing that i masked my my emotions with was the gym and training and um you know trying to look good and lose weight and and you know develop a physique that people would like <laughs> moving from that i yeah kind of did all different things i i dropped out my a levels um i did a culinary school then i went to college then i finally got into durham um first year of durham i again i i had this definition of being um you know this gym guy and and you know i didn't allow myself out of that i because it made me feel like it made me feel safe because it was easy and um you know, I didn't I didn't have to be anything more than just what I had nailed in. So and that didn't work out. <laughs> um basically as as I'd said earlier, my kind of my story is very kind of all over the place. But during this period I'd also started to develop an eating disorder, which um started out as anorexia when after I'd first broke my back and I started to lose weight, then moved into bulimia. And then by the time I was in my first year of uni, I had binge eating disorder and the 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 gym ethos and the gym definition um matched with this eating disorder made a kind of amalgamation that was just it was just depression and just difficult in general. And yeah, it kind of just got to the point where it was just too much for me. And um first year was I, I somehow got through it but I did um and second year came along and there was a point in second year where I hadn't left my room for about three weeks um I just all I'd done it ordered pizzas I had the what I call the leaning tower of pizzas now I had about 20 pizza boxes in my room and luckily my parents managed to get me a counselor and that's kind of where everything started to change for me so um the counselor his name was Ed as well, actually. <laughs> um, but he 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 worked me through um, what is called narrative therapy, which is basically where you tell your story. So you write down your story um, and then you kind of uh, share it with yourself. So you talk it to yourself and then you share it with him and then you start to share it with other people. And it allows you to to, you know, kind of open up the understanding of what you initially thought your story was because in it's very easy inside your head to think that you are analyzing and um measuring up everything that's happened in your life and come to a, a like sensible conclusion um, but as soon as you write it down as soon as there is a an obs an observer someone seeing you speaking or writing or whatever you can't you can't skip over things anymore um it, it allow it makes it forces you to create a story that actually is realistic and is real so you instead of instead of it being you know um what's a good example of you know in your head you could think oh i failed um i wasn't good enough uh i don't lie myself it, instead it would be oh i failed this you know because i was doing this this and this um, and now because of that, I feel like I don't like myself, but that's not really like, you know, it's only because of this. Um, so I can't really hate myself because of that. You know, it's it, speaking it out develops that. Um, so that that worked for me. And as as part of this, um, I started sharing with my friends and particularly kind of my athletic friends and my gym friends and things like that. And the I was I was shocked by how many people um 
opened up back and and said, oh, you know what? I feel the same. You know, I I was struggling with that. I I don't. I I sometimes feel like I can't express this feeling because I'm seen as this gym person or seen as an athlete or whatever. Um, so I I thought a great idea would be to allow people this kind of medium to share. So that's what my minds originally was, was it was just going to be an Instagram account um, and then slowly develop into a website where we just have these stories um, of you know people just opening up about their mental health and and delivering what I call the brutal truth. Um, you know, so it's it's not it's not this idea of mental health that we think is acceptable and we say you know oh yeah i feel a bit down sometimes and that's it no you you tell the real truth you say exactly how you feel exactly what happened exactly what you know and 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 not only does that allow them to have that kind of almost narrative therapy out you know a release that i had but then it's a collection of stories that other people can read and other people can view and see oh this person plays rugby and he feels this you know he had this same experience that i had you know this person we've got a pole vaulter we've got you know we've got a, a tv presenter from the bbc we've got um a professor of sports psychology um you know we've got people from like all different backgrounds all sharing their mental health stories and and within this physical activity sporting realm and allowing people to see that they're not alone um, and and allowing people to open up that definition of themselves you know like i've been talking about this whole time is this i had this definition of myself you know i we have these definitions of ourselves and my big kind of passion around my mind is is opening that up and you know this definition of you know that i'm not as good as my lecturer you know this definition of you know i'm a gym guy so i can't talk about the fact that i i feel bad when i eat certain foods uh, you know i'm a rugby player so i can't say that i i worry about my body image that it's nonsense it's not real um you know it, and we we all put these limiting things on ourselves yeah well i'm lost for words in thank you for sharing your story thank you for inspiring me i love that philosophy of how you got help you know i think sometimes we forget about the root of the the uh, transformation of that you know that you know the process of narrative therapy you said um fascinating absolutely fascinating and um well i gather my thoughts because uh, really quickly we've got another con- connection point um i had, actually had spinal surgery at 12 oh wow um due to rugby um so i've actually got metal in my in Me my too. spine lower spine so oh wow <laughs> okay so it's like a fusion yeah like yeah no it's interesting but um there's moments in podcasting where you're not sure what to say because what you said was so powerful but the, the, the second part of what i asked you was how would you define um mental health i think it would be better instead for me personally just because i i wouldn't want to say it in a wrong way but i think you know good mental health is the ability to to be your true self and and feel worthy being that um yeah so and then bad mental health would be the opposite of that yeah no this is really important the reason i say that is um i've got alistair mccaw he focuses on champion-minded athletes of what makes them a champion and he always says you know your self-talk which does relate to your mindset because we do talk to ourselves it's a skill and it's up to you if you want to say positive things to yourself or negative things to yourself. So can you see why I'm asking why I asked you to find it? Because I think um, with regards to your mindset, and this is what I've been trying to discover the last four years of podcasting, because like anything, there's always ups and downs, is having that mindset of I know what I'm doing right. 
and trying to just believe, like you said, that gut. I love when you said the power of your gut and just following what you want to do in the passion because it relates to our careers at the end of the day this is a career podcast and you know how we structure our mindset of how we wake up in the morning how we put in routines all relate to our mental health you could have a choice like you did um so i'm sort of decoding your story a little bit you had a choice of ordering 20 pizzas or you could have um done some another activity to replace it to have a sort of positive mental health does this all make sense because you do all these interviews than i do and out of interest with regards to your my minds because i know you said you had the instagram page but it's a podcast right um, of how you do these interviews is that correct uh no we don't we don't do a podcast um we're it's so I'm sure you've probably seen on the on the Instagram and stuff that I've done videos. So they they they're yeah they're ca- they're campaigns that we've been running. Um, so we've had the um more the it's the hashtag more than a definition campaign. So that ran for a week, and you know like I was saying before, I've as I, my minds speak a lot about this kind of idea of um being more than a definition, um and you know the, these definitions that we have that kind of. Um, trappers and and limiters and I think I think in a career perspective this is that's a great thing um to to work on is is unlocking this definition you know you, you aren't you aren't fixated into this realm that you decided you are you know just because just because you have a some like a nutrition degree um, doesn't mean you have to work in nutrition for the rest of your life and that's it you can expand you know if you find a passion follow it you know use what you've learned from that degree by all means please do but you know you don't feel like you're now rooted and stuck in this definition um and i've forgotten what the original point was <laughs> no 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 you've answered it was more um you know that my next point is what have you learned from 12 months doing my minds from a self-development perspective I, what have I learned? I think, I think the, one of the biggest things I've learned is, and it, it, it's more kind of cemented in because I felt, I feel like I knew it to begin with, but I think one of the biggest things I've learned is the, is the fact that we are all going through very similar situations. Um, men, mental health is, is very it's it's the strangest thing that it's it can be so different but it's also so similar in everyone um often often the things that you think make you crazy because you're thinking of them and you think oh no one else thinks that you know i can't ever tell someone i thought that often everyone else is thinking the same thing or has gone through experienced the same thing um and you know ha- having my mind and kind of being the no air quotes my mind's guy um has has allowed me to have these conversations with people from all different backgrounds and and further just establish that that is the case um and and it's just it's it's allowed me to have that that um mindset of you know everyone is equal and and you know there's a there's a really good quote from Will Smith which is kind of like motivation-y and and cheesy but I really love it of um he says that he he was brought up to speak to everyone like he deserves everything they have to offer and that's something that's what yeah that's one big thing that I think my mind has taught me is you know I spoke I, like I said you know I, I interviewed a, a BBC TV presenter whose job is interviewing people and you know that was terrifying but like I, I realized like it just it shows you that you know I'm I'm not some like super special interviewer person it just I was just passionate and I got the off chance to meet him and I asked him about mental health stuff and he decided that he would he wanted to be interviewed and you know it's stuff like that that you know 
we are all in that we're all on the same level playing field but the like the ceo of some huge company is not this like alpha human but they're willing to commit and take action in their career that's the difference is action if that makes i think it's important to establish um that you know if you want to if you want to be successful in how you define it you've got to put in the hard work like let's go back to your example with being a strength and conditioning at Team Durham, you didn't just walk in and go, you know, waited for five minutes and had that conversation. You had to prove your worth or how you add value to that environment. You know, I'm just saying this from a career perspective to the listeners. Don't just think, um, you know, a CEO to somebody else. I'm not a big fan of roles. Like, I'm not a fan of somebody's branded as a CEO or a director. It's what they bring to the table um, as an individual with a personality, skill set and knowledge. So I get where you're coming from. Um, with the guys you know carry on give me the mic what i'm I, i'm meaning when i'm saying that because i'm not trying to say that they're you know they haven't earned this place or anything like that that's not what i'm trying to say i'm trying to say that you can be that there's no there's nothing separating them from you other than the fact that they've just you know they they've worked on it and they, they've allowed themselves to you know a lot of people you know the amount of times people say to me oh you know how did you start my minds I, I just did like I just I just I wanted to do it and I just did it and I think I think I was lucky that it was just such it was such a passion of mine that it didn't I didn't like when I started my minds it wasn't that it was going to be like a business venture or something that I wanted to develop into what it is now where I'm doing more stuff with it um it was just a passion thing so I'm lucky in in that way but you know every like you can just you just do it. The, the, the night is, I guess, I'm not sponsored by Nike, um, <laughs> but you do, yeah, you just do it. Absolutely. It's same with this podcast show. I started it because I knew there was not enough career guidance information. Like if we're simply it to the root, that's what sparks my idea. And, and that's how it works, everybody. I'm not going to say it pays bills straight away. It doesn't. I'd be really, it takes time, but credibility takes time. And, uh, Look, George, I've enjoyed this conversation so much. And again, thank you for sharing, you know, your sort of your your journey with regards to mental health. I really appreciate that. And I hope listeners have enjoyed it as much as I have. But I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What three tips would you give to university students who want to make use of their time effectively during that time at uni, like really capitalise it? What three tips would you give them? Okay, my... My first tip is kind of reverting back to what I've been saying during most of this podcast is even if you don't originally kind of open up that definition, become aware of it, become aware of what you're defining yourself as. Are you are you like, do you define yourself as someone who isn't able to get a first in your degree or you know do you define yourself as someone who who doesn't have that ability to keep working at a certain time or do you define yourself as someone who who can't branch out and try new sports try new things um and because it just limits you there's no no one is going to um you know no one is going to like call you up on that no one is going to say oh you're not allowed to do this because you're a you're someone who's studies sports science so you can't you can't have an interest in maths and no one's going to do that and if they do then you just ignore them because they're just trying to let you um so that would be my first thing you know and that allows you to develop that kind of creativity that we've spoken about you know an ability to expand into new things so that would be my first one 
My second one would be that I've mentioned mentioned earlier is talk to your lecturers. Um, you know, after after lectures, ask them a question about something specific. Um, you know, qu- maybe even question them. Say, you know, when you're at the back of the lecture, you know, during like a break or something, because we used to get many breaks. You know, maybe look up an article and, and find something and, and correct. Like, don't, maybe not correct them, but you know, I raise a question. So you know, this article says different to what you said earlier. You know, and they're they're not going to be angry. This is what lecturers do. This is what academics do. They debate things. They're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be happy to to talk about this with you and you're going to develop an understanding that you wouldn't have had and also allow you to see and teach yourself that you are on that level level playing field that I've spoken about earlier. Um, and number three is invest in your ability to question what you're taught. So as I kind of mentioned with, with my master's degree is we, you know, in the seminars, we're often kind of debating off each other and bouncing ideas and, and correcting each other and coming up with things. And a big thing you learn, the more you get into science and the more you get into research is that nothing is certain, you know, um, even the, even the kind of statistical values that we use, you know, the, the P values and stuff that I'm, if there are people getting university at the moment, um, you know, they, they aren't, you know, some, if something is statistically significant, it doesn't mean it's definite. It means that it's, it's suggesting that it might be, it, it's never definite. So, so thrive in that invest in that you know really question things don't just because your lecturer says this this works and this is good it don't like don't accept that you know under develop your own opinion on everything and that is such an, a huge thing in life is to ha- be able to do that and be able to to argue that and or, or debate it and say this is my opinion i've done this i've thought about it and and learn from others and you know add to that opinion is so important Absolutely. And look, I really do hope the students and the listeners enjoyed those three tips. George, how can people interact with you online? Uh, with MyoMinds in general, you can go to our website, which is myominds.com. So M-Y-O-M-I-N-D-S.com. And um, we also have the Instagram accounts, which is at myo underscore minds. Um, Facebook and Twitter, we're MyoMinds. Um, and if you want to kind of get in touch with me, uh, on LinkedIn, my name is George Mycock. Yeah, just kind of, you'll see me. I'm, I think my my tag is kind of founder of my own mind. So you'll find me on there. Awesome. Well, all the links with regards to what George has mentioned on this podcast will be on the blog post relating to this interview. George, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me on. What a fascinating podcast chat with George. And I really do hope you enjoyed it because for me, as I mentioned right at the beginning, Mental health is a topic I'm still discovering within myself and how it affects our performance, how it affects our mind, how it affects us as a human being, but particularly how it affects as a global society. And I really enjoyed listening to George's story. Like I know I went to the same university, we went to the same college, Van Milder, and there are so many similarities, like our back operations and also the struggles. Like when we had when we spoke off air, we talked about our educational journeys and again you know very very similar and I really do hope you can take away that mental health is something we all experience in parts of our lives parts of our week parts of our day and you know I'm serious about this because there's periods this year in 2020 where I've had my proper downs figuring out how is this all going to work out um with regards to being a business, with regards to this podcast show, you know, challenging times really does challenge the mind. 
and sometimes you feel you can't get out of this mindset, but you can. George is a great example that he managed to overcome this through having help. Um, even as a simple example of those 20 pizza boxes, how he managed to get counselling through the help of his parents that then led him to getting that narrative therapy. But look, if you need more information and you want to learn from others, I really highly recommend going to My Minds. That's George's platform, which he founded, where all these stories you can learn from, they're absolutely fantastic. Sometimes they just give you the confidence that it's normal. And sometimes we need that at times. We think we're going through something and think we're a bit crazy, but we're not because you learn from somebody else's story and they're going through the same thing as you are. So look, on that note, always, always seek help if you need it. And especially for, a, I think, a mental standpoint, because sometimes we try and disguise it and not really deal with it in the, in the right way by seeking help. But other than that, stay determined with your sports career journey and stay passionate in what you want to do. And most of all, follow your gut and take action. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. George said, trust your gut. Your gut teaches you where you want to go. It also tells you the real you in what you want in life and what you want to achieve.